Luke chapter 1. Going to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at these things. I, uh, I, I'm going to look at it from a little bit different angle this morning from what I've seen before. You do know that the book of Luke and the book of Mark portrays the birth of Christ together. One of them's got a genealogy from the side of Mary and one a genealogy from the side of Joseph. And it's showing that both of those are involved. And uh, we're looking at that now. We want to look at, we're not going to look at the genealogy. We've been looking at that a little bit. When we look into the first chapter, we'll look at chapter 1. We're going to start reading this morning at verse number 26. And we're going to look at some things I pray that God might help us with. The Lord's blessed and I thank Him for it. And I'm glad that we have a Christ. Amen. You don't have to start to say a Christ child. We don't have a Christ child today. We've got the Christ. He's not in a wrapped in the swaddling clothes and laid in a manger today. He's not even as appeared in many of the churches across the country on a cross. I've seen them and been in churches where they've got the head of Christ, the crucifix, if you will, on the on the wall and the crown of thorns on his head. And uh, I've even been in people's homes. One of the first churches, well, not the first church, not not one of the first churches, but the first church that I pastored had him on the wall on a cross with a crown of thorns on his head on the cross. And uh, I said, what you got that for? And they said, that's uh, representing the crucifixion. I said, well, that's good, but we won't take it down because he's not on the cross and you're showing him a dead Christ and he's not dead, he's alive. And uh, they don't understand that. A lot of churches don't understand that today. They weren't trying to be smart aleck or nothing. They really thought they were doing a thing. And if you ladies are wearing crucifixes, well, amen, don't do that either. Amen, because that's a crucified Christ, a dead Christ. And I'm not exalting a dead Christ. I'm exalting a living Christ. Because he lives, I live also. And because we have life through him, we have abundant life through him, more abundantly, the Bible says. So I thank God for it and the little things like that. Have you ever noticed lots of times in jury, I'm I'm not one after jury, but I see sometimes when I'm going by a jury counter, I don't see that much. I don't get out and do that. It's just not one of my things. But... uh, They'll have crucifixes and uh, satires and everything. They get it all mixed up out there. They don't want you to put, tell the difference between Christ. And so that's, that's her, for a purpose. But I'm glad, thank God, he's a living Christ to me. And my jury is not what uh, exalts that. My life and your life is what tells and states who Christ is. Amen, that's what we're supposed to do. 
So all right, let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 1 and let's start reading at verse number 26. We'll stand please and read this together. Try to cover as much of this ground that I can. And I pray that the Lord might bless you. It's a joy to be at the house of the Lord on the Lord's day on the Lord's birthday. Amen. Now somebody said, well, it's not the birthday. It's not. I'm not arguing with anybody. He was born one time. Amen. And this is the day we set aside for it. And if it's tomorrow or yesterday, and I didn't know about it, I'd have done it yesterday or tomorrow. But this is set aside for it. And the devil wants to get something stirred and started. I I know a lot of independent Baptist preachers have it on a certain time. And I think it's just sometimes some of us independent preachers, we think we've got to be kind of odd or something. But I, I, I want to stay with this, don't you? Now look at the Bible in verse 26. It said, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee. Seem like Gabriel's in this, this portion of the air, you know, declaring and those things a little bit different than Michael. But he said, named Nazareth to a virgin espoused, that means engaged, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that that art highly favored. Thou that art highly favored. She's not just favored. She's highly favored. Ladies, wouldn't that feel like an honor if God said she was highly favored? It, it would me. It would make me feel good. And that's what he said of her. There's something special about this lady. Something special about her. Amen. She wasn't a run of the mill. She was a pure lady. He said, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, She was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found, there's that word again, favor with God. I'm not not Mary and I'm not on that line. But boy, it make me feel good to think God might favor me every once in a while. Would make God make you feel good if God favored you every now and then too? Amen. And I strive to get where God can favor me. I really do. And me may never, but I tell you, I sure like to be around His presence. So, Amen. Just it's worth it's just worth it to get around His presence, isn't it? He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I've had some folks down through life that weren't brothers but were friends and they, they acted like brothers and I felt like they brothers and I treated them like brothers and they treated me like brothers. And I've had good fellowships and I thank God. But I'll tell you, he's one sure enough that sticketh closer than a brother. Now let's go. And it says here, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, he's talking to Mary, and bring forth a son. And shalt call, I want you to look at this, and there's two shouts in verse 31. And shalt call his name Jesus. 
In verse 32, we'll find uh, three shalls, and it said, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Verse 33, And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. There's two shalls in that one. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? See, and I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall come over, I uh, mean, overshadow thee. And uh, he goes on to say, uh, Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You see them four shalls? There they are. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You can be seated. And let's pray and seek the face of God. Father, we thank you this morning that, Lord, we can read this story again and again and again of how you came into this world. Now, Lord, this didn't bring your existence because you always have been. But, Lord, this birth had just brought your presence to mankind on a place, God, that you can uh, become the mediator between us and God. Lord, there was no way we could get to God. Lord, there was no way uh, you could get to us without dying for us. And we thank you, Lord, that the plan's been perfected. Not only perfected, but performed. And Lord, thank you tonight, today, God, that you've paid the price. Lord, you paid it in full. We're glad that there's nothing uh, yet to be paid. It's paid, paid complete. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And Lord, we, we glory, we glory, we glory in your presence this morning at the house of God. Thanking you, Lord, that you were willing to die for us. And Lord, I pray today that we'll get closer, you'll get closer, that we allow you to take closer uh, presence in our life. Lord, I pray you'd get us at the place, Lord, you could dominate us. Lord, we don't allow you to dominate our heart, our soul to the fullest. And Lord, we give too many restraints to your will. But I pray this morning, Father, we'll get where we need to be. Now, God, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Let me ask you something before I start on this. Have you given anything to the Lord this year? And I'm not talking about gifts. Everybody's giving gifts. Everybody likes giving gifts. Matter of fact, everybody likes getting gifts. Amen. We know that. But have you give Him anything? You said, I don't know what I could give the Lord. Name but one thing I know you can give your give to the Lord today. It'll do you good, and that's yourself. Now I'm glad. Way back yonder, I gave my heart and my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I did. I called on him. He saved me. He forgave me. You said, well, I don't know that. You don't have to know that. Just check it out for yourself. Don't worry about me. Amen. Uh, if you're worrying about me, you're, you're, you're wasting your time. Amen. Just make sure everything's all right. I know it is for me. Now, let's go on. What can you give him? So, well, I just did it. I gave him an old hell-bound, hell-bent sinner when I got saved. Yeah. Amen. That's still what you're giving him, ain't it? Right. Amen. Right. And if that's the last time you visited his throne, that's the last time you've done business with him, you're in rank shape today. Right. <laughs> there needs to be something took care of. I give my heart and life to him, but I have to constantly give. Somebody said, well, when I got saved, I, I, I just trusted him. That's all we got to do. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That's all you got to do is trust him. But uh, if you want to get some blessings on that life of yours, I didn't say wife now, life. You want to get some blessings on that life of yours, you're going to have to give him yourself. Constantly on a daily basis. And tell him he can have full control. It'd be a little bit better on your life if you'd just let him have full control. Miss Suelle's not here this morning, but she's always got a little thing. Open mouth, insert foot. That's things she says sometimes. I've, and I, and she'll tell you right now, that's where you get yourself in trouble. And you can, you can live your life your way or you can live it God's way. And I can tell you right quick which one it is. I, I measured it out. I've seen it over and over. And if you can't figure it out and you don't know, we need to have a little class. My life's always better when he's in charge. Your life's always better when he's in charge. And... Uh, we're always trying to play our part. We want this much. He wants that much. Matter of fact, he wants it all. And uh, we just want to give him certain amounts of us. Now, let's look at this a minute. Going back to the book of Matthew, hold your place right there. We're going to come back and look at those things. But going to Matthew, in the book of Matthew, I want us to turn to the first chapter and we'll find in chapter 1, just like we find in chapter 1 of Luke, that there's a world going on with Mary in the first chapter of Luke, and there's a world going on with Joseph in chapter 1 of Matthew. I don't know where you ever sat and looked at those two before. They weren't together. They were both espoused. Uh, she is actually... Uh, found out she's with child or fixing to find out here we've done found out she's going to be and later she finds out and she tells Joseph and he's having to deal with something he's never dealt with before and Mary's having to deal with something that just wasn't common in that day so much today if Christ was here today or coming today uh, it'd be a world of difference 
But we are looking and we're finding here that Joseph is in verse 18 down through 25 saying, what am I going to do in effect in his mind? He didn't want to put her away privately uh, for cheating on him or that, that sort of thing. And she didn't cheat on him, by the way. She was conceived of the Holy Ghost. And uh, this shows you it's all God-ordained. Salvation is from above. You can figure, you know why the devil hates the virgin birth? Because he'd make merchandise of your salvation if he can take the virgin out of it. Let me just give you something while I'm thinking about it right now in the life of, of Mary. Mary was never worshipped by Jesus. Why would the Pope want to do it? Why would their religion want to do it? They stepped out of the realms of where God put it. Matter of fact, study it. And if I'm wrong, I'll be glad to apologize. But I've looked and looked and looked and I can't find it. I can't find where Jesus ever called Mary mother. He called her Mary. He called her woman. But he never called her mother. Why? Amen. God don't have a mother. That was the earthly part. That's of God. That was brought through the womb. Amen. The earthly part manifested in the, in the flesh. You understand what I'm saying? God in the flesh. That's why God raised Jesus from the dead. Of course, we say lots of times on power because of one and the same, but you've got to keep it in line. I believe you've got to keep all that straight on each job, what they do. So in verse 18 down through 25, Joseph is concerned about what's going on. And guess what he got? He got a visitor too, didn't he? Amen. And while he thought on these things in verse 20, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Don't you know that must give a little bit of relief to Joseph? He knew God was involved. He knew this was not an ordinary birth that's fixing to take place. She was conceived uh, of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost overshadowed her and she conceived. And did you know all this is about to birth? Birth of Christ. The Bible teaches us out of John chapter 4 that it's the Holy Ghost that convicts you and me of our sin. And we're birthed into the family of God by the same Holy Ghost. Isn't that amazing? Now you, don't, you get that mixed up and all oh, you're going to get in trouble. He never called her mother. She, indeed, she was a virgin because it was prophesied. Had to be. The Old Testament prophets said it's going to be. A virgin's going to bring forth a, a son. You're going to call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. And we'll see that in the Old Testament. Isaiah and God prophesied it could not have went any other way. If it deviated from it, 
And the devil's been all these years saying, well, it was a German harlot that had Christ. That's what they've said. And if they can get your little mind twisted and warped enough to believe kind of stuff like that, brother, you, you, you've got God on the wrong side of the track for you. And we'll see that. And uh, we, we look at it, and I appreciate what God's done. But now let's go for a minute. Let's go back to Luke. While Joseph is concerned about it, Mary is concerned about it on the other side. Let's go to verse number 30, please. In chapter 1 it said, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And so he's telling her what's going to happen. And then in verse 31 he said, And behold, and he's saying to her, These are the things he's saying directly to Mary, not to somebody else, but to Mary he's saying this. He said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt, Here's the first one. Thou shalt, a shout with God, brother, is a definite. God, something's going to say it's going to be, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Old Testament, somebody was talking to me about the Old Testament uh, two or three days ago. And we was talking about it and they said, well, uh, some of those things have not come to pass. And uh, so the Old Testament closed out with some miracles or some things not taking place. I said, hang around long enough. Rest of it will take place. Amen. It's going to happen. Right. Well, I don't, don't see it. Well, uh, amen. You will if you're still around. Right. And if you ain't, it won't make much difference. <laughs> Everybody worried about everything, ain't they? All right. It said here, said, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. That's number one. And bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. You're going to conceive in your womb. You're going to bring forth a child, Mary. You're going to bring forth a child. And that child is going to be a son. And you're going to have to call him Jesus. Which means what? Savior. He's going to be the Savior. Thank God. I'm just looking at it plain as it can be and looking at these things and notice it. And so we go into verse number uh, 32. And then he, the angel describes it. He, talking about the seed, the Son, the Savior, which is uh, the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. The seed. It's going to bruise you understand that? He shall be great. Was he great? Yes. Is he great? Yes. Will he always be great? Yes. Well, give him praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today at your birthday. Amen. Amen. We're not having no party. Praise God, we'll have a jubilee one day. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. Is he? To me and you, not to the world, not to the devil, not to the uh, religions of the world, but to you and me who are saved by the grace of God, who have met him, who have received him, who are living in him and with him. Praise God. He's the highest. We talked about that a while ago, didn't we, before we even got in the message. Hey, he's the son of the highest. That's what he is. He's called the son of the highest. 
He's the highest uh, son of the highest, which is God's son. There's none higher than God, are they? I've searched the world over. Not from place to place, but from my Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, I ain't found none higher than God. There's none higher than Him. He tells us that all through the Old Testament. Amen. He's the Son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto Him the throne of His father David. Let me ask you, has He given Him that throne yet? Nope. Now, a lot of people mess up right here. They don't believe that. They say, well, he, he's supposed to be. Yeah, he's supposed to be. Hold that place right there, and let's turn over into the book of Isaiah. I wish we had a long time. And looking, you say, well, you're getting dragged around. You get that. Well, you still got to get all this. Go to ninth chapter of the book of Isaiah. There's a lot here. Now, this is, you said, I hear this all the time every year. That's right. Amen. You're going to hear it a long time between now and next year too, I preach it all the year long. My whole salvation is based on what I'm preaching this morning. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is based on His birth. Had He not been born, He couldn't have died. Had He not died and buried and rose again on the third day, uh, oh, and have a Savior. Had He not ascended back into the a heavenly Father seated at the right hand of the Father, my salvation wouldn't be complete right now. I wouldn't have no intercessor, but I've got one. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, look at verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Basically what we're reading out of the first chapter of Luke. In verse 9, I mean chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given. Isn't that what he said in Luke? And the government. We know what the government is, don't we? Amen. It's what rules over us. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Has the government of this world ever been upon the shoulder of the Son of God? No, sir. Somebody said, he's the heir to it. That's right. How come he don't take it over? It ain't time. Somebody asked me that yesterday. Why don't he go ahead and do it? Because he's got to get the Jews ready. It's not ready. Not time. And his name shall be called, I love this, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I like that, don't you? Now, count them, would you? Would you count them for me? He's wonderful. Somebody call it one. Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Five's grace. Foundation. We got the foundation of Christ in the Old Testament for our salvation. Well... Let me see if I can find a scripture. These are rolling around in my mind. I'll see if I can find them for you. And that we'll look at something. I pray it's either in 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy. But I'm going to look this up right quick because it goes right along with this. I'll get there. And in, let's see now. It's either in the first chapter 
believe it is. And let's go down. Verse 17, chapter 1, 1 Timothy. Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. There he is. We built on that this morning. Who we built on? Jesus Christ. I'm built on nothing but him. All right. Going back to the book of Luke, please. Uh, I didn't read the other. The Bible did say in verse number 7, of the increase of his government, peace there shall be no end. I like that. No end. He ain't got that place yet, but he's going to get that place, and there will be an eternal kingdom to him. Praise God for that. All right. Now let's go back, and let's look at verse number uh, 32. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God, now God's going to step in, shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And that's when we went to Isaiah. God is going to give him that throne. Matter of fact, God is going to fulfill it all. He's going to put him in charge of it all. He's going to give him, he's going to give him the right to judge the world. How's he going to judge it? Going to judge it by his word. This world's going to be judged by this book that the world don't like. That the ungodly don't want like. That liberals don't like. But they're going to be judged by the word. And many times, many Christians don't like it because it turns the grain I read the Bible and you read the Bible and sometimes it does get a little bit offensive, don't it? Does it not? Might as well admit it, you know it. Sometimes I read things and I say, Lord, how come? Are you just not wanting me to have no fun? Are you just wanting to make me miserable? Because it does. Is it just because you don't want me to go there or do that or say this or and the Lord has to say, no, not necessarily. I just want you to be right. God knows what's right and wrong for your life better than you do, whether you think you do or not. Now, I argue with God. You do too. You say, oh, I don't argue with God. Don't lie to me. In the wee hours of the night, nobody knows anything's going on and the devil puts things here and there in your mind and in your life and in your walk and all that. You look at that. Don't you tell me. Sometimes that devil can't twist a little knot or two in your brain to think on things that should not be thought on. Amen. If you ain't, you must be some kind of supernoid or something other. I believe you got problems. I believe everybody in here are sinners saved by grace and controlled by the Spirit sometimes and sometimes not controlled by it. Even your thought pattern. Oh, you'd never kill nobody. Uh, you might think about it if you knew you could get by with it, but you normally don't think around, sit around and think who you can kill. Surely I'd... Think I got a congregation here that ain't going around killing nobody. 
I'd hate to go home and then find out that one of y'all are a serial killer or something. Amen. Now, most of you barks bigger than you bite. But I'll tell you, just to let it run through your minds bad enough. And so just looking at this, so he says he's going to make him, or not make him, but going to give unto him the throne of his father David. Can you imagine my Savior tonight seated at the right hand of the Father knowing that God is going to give him the throne of his father David one of these days and I'm sure he'd like to go ahead but it ain't time. You ever wonder why Jesus don't know when the coming is? It keeps him just as excited as it does you and me for him coming back. How about that? I heard that and read it in the Word of God, and it said, nobody knows the day and the hour. Not even Jesus. The, my Father only, He says. And ain't that wonderful? He's in glory at the right hand of the Father wanting to come, and I'm down here on earth saying, Lord, or Father, let Him go. So we're both excited. We've got excitement on both ends. God has uh, got His Son ready and primed. And He's uh, got a few of us down here ready and primed. And some of them died ready and primed. And didn't make it yet except for when God took them, took, separated their body and put their soul in heaven. But I'm talking about for us all going together. You understand that? That's the way it is, ain't it? Praise God. And so there's some excitement. I've got some excitement in me. He's coming. I've been thinking about this uh, birth and those uh, wise men. Yeah, them three wise men. Don't, I don't call them three wise men. You don't tell me where and where you find. You said, I believe there's three. There's three gifts. There's more than three. How do you know? Just like you don't know. <laughs> guessing I guess but I'm saying to you I believe there's more than three wise men just because they got three you know gold and frankincense and myrrh you use that myrrh and, and, and burial imagine when they put that down at the feet of Christ myrrh I believe Mary must have known something about what was going on why am I getting this for burial? I believe she knew more than you think she knowed. I believe... Can you imagine standing at the foot of the cross, your son on the cross of Calvary, and they're giving him vinegar to drink? Don't you know it must have broke her heart? But she knew the implications of what was going on. I imagine, matter of fact, I don't imagine, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say this straight, I wasn't there. I didn't watch Mary. I didn't watch Joseph. I didn't see them personally. But that was probably one of the easiest raising of children was a life between Mary and Jesus. If anything, Mary had more problems. I don't believe Jesus ever said one word out of, out of line to Mary. 
you would have been amazed comparing your son or your daughter to Mary, I mean to uh, uh, Jesus. No comparison. I've had two boys and a daughter, and they've all been different. And they weren't none of them perfect. Amen. They may think they were. They may tried to be. But they missed the mark. I'd put mine up against anybody's, but of course, you'd do the same thing. You don't think you've had the best good set of kids? You ought to be whipped. Amen. But I want to tell you something. Then nowhere in the Word of God you'll find that they, mine or yours would ever compare to Christ. Even when he got lost, I told that one Sunday morning I was preaching, I went down the aisle, I had a lot of energy then, younger. The old deacon sat about halfway back through there and I went down through and I said, praise God, there was a time Jesus was lost. Everybody in the house is doing this. He looked at me and he said, no. I said, yeah. He's lost from his mom and dad. Joseph and Mary. He said, oh. I said, he said, I thought you was talking about lost, had a lost soul. I said, no, but he's lost from them. And he laughed. But I'm telling you this morning. The Son of God came to this place, this old rotten place, rotten to the core, came to die for me and you and paid sin's debt. Did you know what? Check, check Glory's records this morning. There is not one thing left owing on my sin debt, nor one thing left on your sin debt, nor anything left on anybody else's sin debt. Paid in full. Amen. How about that? It took somebody that was perfect to pay the sin debt. If, if man could have had a child and it wasn't God and wasn't in the flesh and the Holy Ghost hadn't anything to do with it, I want you to know we would have had a, a sinner dying for a sinner and that won't work. There's not one sin, not one sin, not one sin. Accused him of being a wine bibber, but had he been a wine bibber, he'd had sin in his life. Amen. He was without sin. Perfect in all points as we are, yet without sin. No sin. Ain't you glad? Praise God. We're celebrating somebody's birthday today that's perfect. Amen. Matter of fact, I don't know about you, but it kind of bothers me to get real close to Him. Now, preacher, let me tell you something. I get around people sometimes that I feel like are close to God and I can feel that presence of the Holy Spirit and that makes me uncomfortable if I'm, if I'm not where I ought to be with God. And when you're around God, His Son, You'll feel a little uncomfortable. Amen. When the Spirit of God gets to moving, 
I feel a little reluctance. I want to get more of that. I want to get closer. But I'm reluctant to get real close because I got sinful flesh. But that don't stop me trying. Amen. And He ain't cast me out yet. He wants me to come closer. He wants me to have ever. Somebody said, is there more to it? Why, you ain't seen the half of it. We limit God so much as pitiful. Amen. I can just say, tell every day in my life areas. Now, let, let me, I'm going to talk about some things here, not this morning, but in, in some days ahead. We got so much that we're living in and among today that God's already told us not to be there. And we got comfortable living there. And we're not being blessed because we are there. And we're going to have to drop off some of that junk. If we ever expect to get where God wants us. You know what? That's why you can't tell the church from the world. Can you name me sins, ten sins just like that. That you know that the church don't practice. That's wrong. What is real terrible sin that gets you on the bad side of God? You're thinking, ain't you? We see it everywhere. In the church and out of the church. We just rub shoulders with it every day. We don't separate from... God said, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. What separates us between us and the world? Amen. Said, well, what about cussing? Well, how come you cuss every once in a while? You understand what I'm saying? He said, I don't. Well, that's good. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. Amen. We can get our hammers out and let everybody hit their thumb a time or two and just see what they say. Now we'll prove that to you. But I'm telling you this today. I'm not preaching anything that's not in the Scriptures. The Lord said, come out from among the world and be you separate. We're to be different. We're to talk different. We're to walk different. We're to look different. We're to be different. We're to have a heavenly mind, not an earthly mind. We major on the Word of God. Get you eight or ten Christians together and uh, just just together. And I'm not talking about to have a Bible meeting or a Bible study and see how many of them are, they're talking about this and they're talking about that and they're talking about that over there. Yep. <clears throat> Before you leave, you probably won't have three or four of them quote one verse of Scripture in anything. The world should know us for our Bible. They should know us for our separation from the world. They should know us by how we love God. And if we love God, we're going to be different. Some of the places you go, they automatically know you're in the wrong place. And the Holy Spirit's told you you're in the wrong place. Use illustration. I've used this several times down through the years. 
But I like a lot of things and I don't run after them because they don't help me none spiritually. They don't help me none in getting close to God. They take me further away from But they had a rodeo come into town here one time. Uh, I, I don't ride horses. I'm not a rodeo person. I never have. I rode a horse one time, fell off of it, and don't want no more of them. But anyhow. I wanted to see that I've watched that down through the years times here and there that they'd ride them horses and jump off and get one of them little calves and I don't know how they do it they wrap it up and there it is and it can't get up but that, that, that to me is pretty good talent if you could do it so I watched it I went one time me and my wife I said uh, let's go we went over there and I didn't pray over it. We just went. It was in town for one night or two, and I just went, got on the bleachers, and looked at my wife, and I said, you know what? I don't know none of these people here. You know what she said to me? She said, that's not our crowd. I said, you are right. Let's go. Never been back to another you understand what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with them. Somebody, somebody want to chase a bull down through there and rope it. That's their business. Look like an idiocy to me, but there it is. And so what happens? We get involved in so much stuff like that that if you do that all the time, guess what? That's where your lifestyle is going to go in some other area. And I just go to church. Amen. If I'm going to have any kind of extra activity, I go to church. Or I listen to preaching. I get all I can from the Word of God. I want to become more like Him. Do you want to become more like Him? He's my Savior. He's my example. He's my all. He's my all in all. I want to be with Him. Praise God, don't you? I want to be like Him. I want to talk like him, walk like him, live like him, look like him. I said, Preach, you've got a long way to go. Hallelujah, I know I have. Help me. Pray for me. Praise God. You say, Preacher, we're going to lift you up and pray. God make you so strong in the Lord. Would you do it, please? I'm begging you. I want more of him. And I don't know how to get all I need of him. I'm hungry for Jesus. Praise God. I'm not just telling that because we got a birthday for him today. I want more of him. Amen. You know, when I got more of his presence in my life, brother, I'll tell you what, my mind thinks right, my heart thinks right, my body acts right. Amen. Keeps me under subjection, keeps me where I need to be. I want God to keep me under lock and key. Amen. Now, preacher, don't get that far. I want him to control me the top of my head to the bottom of my foot. And you should want me that way too. I want you that way. I've been praying for you a long time. Hey, I, I'm figuring we've got plenty to pray about now in the rest of our journey so we can pray for each other. Would you name me a few churches in America that you believe are sold out to God so much that they live so close to God that people just flocking in to try to get saved. 
Did you know that's what's wrong? Why it's not happening? When I was first pastoring, going here and there, church to church, I'd preach and guess what those people was doing? They was praying, praying. We'd have a church service and while I was preaching, they're praying, God, touch some heart, touch some heart, touch some heart. They're praying for somebody in the church. They'd tell me sometimes, I'm praying for so-and-so, and God's burdened my heart for them. And then there'd be another and come in, and they'd pray for them. And guess what? In a little short time, somebody would get saved. But now he's not hardly enough in the church, and I'm not being mean or critical. I just know what happens. There's not too many in our churches today that people are praying for to get under conviction while the preacher's preaching. And I'll tell you how, I know. It's because I see how the service goes and how we, how we are referencing preaching. Yeah. I used to see the saints of God praying, oh God, touch somebody. They were praying for them. They, they were prayer warriors. But we don't have enough prayer about us today to get anybody under conviction. God help us. That's true. They come into service and they start praying for that person, for an individual. You say, they didn't get saved every time? No, not every time. Sometimes. Have you ever prayed more than one time for a sinner? Have you ever prayed for somebody to finally get saved? It might be five years, two years, six months, or five years. I never will forget my wife. She had an uncle who was lost, had several of them, but this one she had really particularly praying for him. And she said, I want you to help me pray for him. Called his name, and I said, I will. So we prayed for him every night. Every night we specifically got down and prayed for her uncle. And we did that for a year or two. It's close to two years before we quit praying. For some reason, I don't know why we quit. Actually, because I'm sure the devil got us discouraged to quit. Have you ever prayed for somebody and then quit for them? I have. I hate to say that. And after we quit praying, uh, we didn't pray for him. We'd still pray for him every once in a while, but we didn't do it every night. And all of a sudden, she got a phone call. He'd went to church and got saved. Called her up and told her. She just praised God and shouted, and I did too. But me, her, and either one could pat ourselves on the back and said, look what we've done. We quit. But I've often wondered, what if I'd have kept praying and she'd have kept praying? And while we was praying, they called and said, he just got saved. I probably would have tore the phone off the wall. You understand what I'm saying? But we quit too soon. We quit too quick. But I've seen God do it and I pray and I pray and I pray. I've been praying for some for a long time. Still do it. 
and they hadn't got saved yet. But I remember that time. I don't want to quit. What happens? Do we just get tired? We do. Do we get discouraged? We do. But is that a reason to quit? Brother, we ought to be, we ought to be straightforward with it. And the Bible said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. We've got to have it effectual and fervent. Got to stay with it. That's what's happened to our churches in America. You, I'm not just taking this church. I'm talking about all around the country. It's hard to find people that will stay with praying and seeking the face of God. But I'm glad we got one that's sitting on the throne waiting on us. Ain't, ain't you? Look at verse 35. I'm going to quit here. Verse 35. Skip a verse or two. It said, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. That's God Almighty. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called. The Son of God. I'm glad we got a Savior. I'm glad we got a Savior. I'm going to sit this afternoon studying and study. I ain't going to play. I ain't going to sleep. I'm going to study my Bible. There's some things I want to get. Look, look, look. I'm glad I got a Savior that I can tell the world about. I can't hardly wait to tell somebody else about Him. Amen. I don't care whether they know him or not. I like to tell them about him. Matter of fact, I like to tell them that don't know it. I talk to somebody and I say, hey, have you been born again? They say, what? Oh, I got myself a good candidate. I say, Lord, help me now. I want to step in here cautiously. Amen. You find a sinner out there and you get an idea he's lost, you better handle him with kids' gloves. The devil's done warped them and wrapped them up so much. You better find yourself an angle somewhere to come at them to give them the truth. Because that doesn't been messed with. I don't know anything that ain't been messed with. Do you? Some of these religions out there Amen. Seven day Adventist over there and Jehovah's Witnesses over here. The Mormons over there. The Catholics over here. And they got the S different stories. And then you got about umpteen different kind of Baptists. Yeah. They put that little thing in the store in in the town over here is called Baskin Robbins, ain't it? Ain't that what it? Ain't that? Huh? Duncan, yeah, but it's got Baskin Bob and Robbins there in there too. And I say, hey, they got more ice cream. Hey, man, different flavors. And I'm telling you what, you got that about that many Baptists. <laughs> One believes you got to get it by by. Uh, grace, another by faith, another by works, and another by baptism. And well, what do you believe? I believe we got to get it by grace through faith. And baptism? No, 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 no. Grace through faith plus nothing 
minus nothing. Works, no. Grace through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. You need, you mean grace through faith and joining the church? Grace through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. I preached that so long, it just rolled off my lips. And then you talk to the same person six months, and they, they're still thinking it's something plus grace, and you know, it ain't. One way to be saved: repent and believe. Now you said that's how you get it. That's right. You don't repent, you don't get it. You don't believe, you don't get it. I told in one of our tracks it says we have to repent of our sin. And this fellow wrote me about a five-page letter. And he said, uh, you say that you're a Bible believer. You say you're a Bible preacher. But you say that we have to repent and believe. And he said, that's works. And he went down the road on everything. But what do you do? Set, shut your eyes and God's going to hit you with it and that's it. Didn't work that way for me. I'd still be sitting waiting. He convicted me of my sin and knocked on my door. What do I do? Pay no attention? No, you got to open the door. Ain't that works too? <laughs> I get amazed these these idiots out there. You're going to get so far over there and left field in a minute, you're going to be like them, uh, what they call themselves, predestination election, predestination folks. If I believed that, I wouldn't, would never give an invitation, wouldn't even give out a gospel track or nothing. I figure God's going to pick them on out anyhow. He knows where they are better than I do. And then if that's the case, I better be going around praising God that I got elected. But God said He died for everybody. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. All right. The Holy Spirit of God brought to birth through, the, through conception in the womb of Mary. And then He presented it to mankind. And when you and I heard the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection... That Holy Ghost convicted us of our sins, let us see we're lost. We called upon Him, He saved us. I can't add nothing else to that. Let's bow our heads. I'm glad this is His birthday. I'm glad He's born. I'm glad He's done more than being born. I'm glad He lived a sinless life. Thank God without any sin whatsoever. I'm glad He uh, substituted my life for His. Paid my sin debt, went to the grave, arose, and ascended back into heaven. And I got myself a story to tell, and it's right, and it's real. And it's forever. Thank God for that. Let's stand. Amen. Amen. Get a little song ready. I pray that God might have his way. I don't know where there's anybody in this building this morning that's lost or not. I don't. 
I don't know if there's anybody in here that's hasn't trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know that. I, I can't tell your soul. But if you hadn't called upon Him, today's the day you need to do that. Right now is the time that you need to do it. And so, while she's playing, I want you this morning to get out of your seat, walk down this aisle, bow down this altar, ask God to touch you, save you, do the work in your heart that needs to be done so you'll know from this day forward you're going to heaven. How about it? Just like you are. He wants you just like you are. He'll make you what He wants you to be. Amen. You surrender yourself to Him, He'll make you what He wants you to be. He will. He can. He does. How about it? Oh, thank God for the Savior. Thank God for the Lamb of God. Thank God for the one who came and died for us, took our place. Thank God I've got a story to tell, a song to sing, a sermon to preach, a life to live. Praise God. All right. Thank you for coming.